Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week we preview and review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course our fellow critics and podcasters. The Nomcast is available on nomcastpod.com or wherever you get your podcasts on the socials at nomcastpod and is a part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family i swear i talk more in the episodes hi i'm shamar griffith codename comic shams and i'm andrew tejada codename arate i'm a blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation and i'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things we grew up together and spent most of our formative years watching and talking about dc superhero shows and content in fact we still do every episode we will discuss a dc production compare it to its original source material and share our thoughts on the adaptation We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This season will put a shock to our system by covering Static Shock, the animated series on... Yet another DC animated podcast. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC Animated Podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year the deadly hair virus infected Windows 95 computers. Um, it was nicknamed HD Euthanasia. What? <laughs> because this is kind of savage. So it would infect your your files, your hard disk, and on August twenty second and September twenty second, it erases everything on your hard disk, and it would read HD euthanasia by Demon Emperor Hari Krishna hair hair. Oh my god! <laughs> that... Wow. Um, see, this is probably why you shouldn't have downloaded LimeWire back in the day. <laughs> exactly this is what happened every time <laughs> your floppy disks gone <laughs> but um okay i'm seeing the connection um especially because it is a familiar tactic from a couple episodes back but today we're actually talking about our final episodes of static shock can you believe it i can't in fact, there's 52 more episodes. No, no it's, it's over. <laughs> These are the last two. These are, this is it. These are legit episodes 51 to 52. So it's got that classic DC run. As we're talking about season four episodes 12 and 13, Kidnapped and Power Outage. And since this is the conclusion of our Static Shock series, we're going to miss you, my boy. He is one again, he is one of the most electrifying heroes of all time. So that's why on his exit, we're calling this one lights out. Mm. Poetic mm -hmm. fitting. Uh, yeah, it works for me. <laughs> but 
Now, uh, we're going. I'm going to do a little something different here because of the fact this is the last episode of Static Shock we are covering. I want to save the cast list um, towards the end because I want to make sure that everybody's getting their flowers for this particular episode and because it is the end of the series. But we'll share that we do have a couple of special guest stars as we have from, you know her face from the series, Just Shoot Me, but you know her voice more as Chicha from Disney's Emperor's New Groove, the... Both the two movies and the TV shows created. Um, you will recognize Wendy Malik voicing Dr. Karen Roberts, aka Amnara. And we also have Ed Begley Jr. He's returning once again as Dr. Todd for our Power Outage episode. So now that we have these two, it's time to begin. Begin the end. Yeah, so right now he started off as any good static episode starts gears tweaking. Uh, something's <laughs> going on with his technology. He's flying all over the place. And it he pretty much quickly discovers he has a virus infecting backpack. And, you know, from the Brainiac episode, he doesn't play around with no viruses. Uh, so he goes off to he goes off to try to fix it while one of the drones that android 20 created to follow goku <laughs> follows static home and because static doesn't close his blinds um the drone is easily able to figure out his secret identity <laughs> word i was so upset because it's like one how do you not have a secret entrance into your own home given that you fly in every day <laughs> but as the drone captures the video of static taking off his mask, revealing himself to be Virgil. We jump over to Alva Industries where we see that Edwin Alva is firing someone who he basically hired to try to find out Static's identity. And it's weird because it's just like, how have we not heard about this person in the last four years? They have not been doing a very good job. <laughs> they really <laughs> haven't. I feel like everybody else has figured it out at some point. And this person is still trying to... Basically, she was hired to manipulate the satellites that Edwin Alva has control over, which seems like every single satellite in the world. And she's been looking for any trace of Static's identity to try to figure out who he is. But we also find out that now that Alva has his son back, it seems like he's no longer interested in this venture. So he decides to fire her. He decides to fire Dr. Karen Roberts. As she was originally brought on not to only find out Static's identity, but Edwin Alva had promised her to fund her true work. Yeah. And I mean, considering she has access to every like every satellite and camera on Earth, like already, anything she's going to come up with is terrifying. We know from the jump. Um, But I also want to point out that, of course, when she was saying, what do you mean you're shutting me down? And then they said her name was Karen. <laughs> I was just like, you're on to something here. You're really <laughs> on to something. You're ahead of your time. But Karen <laughs> does not take this lying down. Instead of going to the manager, she becomes the manager. <laughs> and, hires... <laughs> and she hires Puff and Onyx to kidnap uh, Robert hawkins yeah because she while after edwin alva leaves and she is now about to be escorted out by security 
one of her drones shows the video footage of Static taking off his mask. So as, after she hires Puff and Onyx, Sharon is walking out with Robert from the community center to go start the car. And somehow Puff was just hiding out in the car the entire time in the exhaust pipe. Crazy powers. <laughs> Word. So she she's in there for so long that the car is just unable to move. But then again, it did look like a hoopty. So I'm pretty sure that I'm, it probably wasn't going to move to begin with. <laughs> and as Puff encircles Robert, this is when Onyx drives up, boxes Sharon in, as the two of them have now successfully kidnapped Robert. And as they're driving off, Sharon is just basically in pursuit, showing off that she is, she learned from Dominic Toretto and her own driving skills. Very clutch in, these, in this scene. As the two of them, Sharon, along fighting against Puff and Onyx, are just like driving through a bridge where Puff decides to throw off some of her puff darts to take out the wheels on Sharon's ride. But luckily for her, Static does fly over in time to see what's what's happening. Yep, that's the power of family right there. Um, (laughs) So Static does save his sister unfortunately the car goes crashing into a building um not static's fault you got to prioritize your sister but uh tragically this is the car he was going to inherit which i also like bro you can fly so i don't really know why you're so (laughs) concerned about this car but in any case he um quickly finds out that his that his father has been kidnapped And this leads to a great montage of Static going around the city, interrogating the meanest and most fearsome villains for information. So, you know, already, I don't even have to say the names, but I'll say them anyway. You know, Bigfoot is on this list. Mm -hmm. You you already knew Carmen Dillo was here. Come on, let's not play around. The the fiercest (laughs) villains in Dakota. (laughs) And he eventually makes his way to... Puff and Onyx and in a really uh, really proof that he leveled up you know unlike some shows when they say characters level up and then they don't do anything uh, Flash um, uh, <laughs> Static is able to casually blast away Onyx and Puff with little effort yeah I love this scene because it it just shows, you know, it's that kind of like typical kind of like Batman kind of feel. But, you know, being as static, it just felt so much cooler. We saw the extent of his powers in the consequences episodes. Like, and that was him pissed off beyond belief. This is static still being rational in his actions. So now that Puff and Onyx realize that they ain't going to be able to stop him at this point. Onyx pleads with Puff to pass over the message that the person that hired them asked them to pass over. So Puff passes this note and that static flies off. You know, she starts commenting. like She finds it really weird that like after all these years, static just going to just fire off at them over just some random guy. Um, but, you know, but we know that it's because it is his father. So now static flies over to the junkyard. I believe it's actually the same junkyard in which he um, basically almost like TKO Madeline Spaulding. Mm-hmm. and he is waiting around looking to see what's happening when an elevator from nowhere 
moves some trash to the side and comes out of the ground, beckoning him to come forward to take him to the next level of this game. I mean, it must be the same engineers that built the Batcave, you know, uh, no secrets, <laughs> the secrets while they're constructing. And he meets Karen, who is now going by Amnara. <laughs> okay, Karen. Um, <laughs> she wanted her name to be a little spicy. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> not, not too spicy. Not too spicy. <laughs> no, just as spicy as the mayonnaise. Um, <laughs> and yeah, she confirms that she has access to like every camera on Earth. Um, but in order to fully weaponize her surveillance, she needs some crit- crucial tech that she left behind at Alva. And she only trusts Static to go in there surgically and get it. And if he doesn't, uh, this cage of lasers she created will slice Robin into ribbons. So she's she's fully prepared to kill for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and before... Virgil agrees to anything. He wants to have a quick meeting with his father. So Amnara takes Static downstairs to where his father's being held. And he starts putting on the front saying that, Mr. Hawkins, don't worry. I'm going to make sure you get out of here safely. And in a shocking scene, Robert looks up and tells him, you can cut the act, Virgil. I know it's you. I did gasp. I gotta I, say, I, like, did I forgot this happened. <laughs> yeah. I gasped the same way that I did when I first saw this episode as a child. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is a pinnacle moment because we have been waiting for something like this to happen for years, not for it to be like a bang baby discovered his secret, um, not for a friend to discover that Virgil and Static are one and the same. This has been a conversation that he's been wanting to have with his father for at least two years. Like back in that um, that um, father and son episode when the, the parallel was between him, between um, Edwin Alva Jr. and Sr. So now there's no way that Virgil can even deny it because he's at a point where his father truly knows. He's He admits that like, you know, He sees it now. There's no way to deny it because he's been taken in by this random person who he has no connection to. So he had he just picked up on the fact that it has to be that his son is static. But more importantly, he drops that in the back of his mind. He feels like he's always known, which says so much about Robert as a father, to be honest. Because I remember back in that episode, he, you know, when Static was going to tell him, he says, son, I trust you. You don't have to tell me where you're going, where you're always running off to. Just, you know, make sure you're taking care of business. So it is nice to have that come full circle here and have him come to the realization on his own. And, you know, this this is a great, yeah, I love this moment. I love that it, it raises the stakes now, too, because now we have a chance for their relationship and dynamic to enter this new level. Yeah. But first static has to commit some crimes and it's not going to be easy because alva industries has access to every camera and every laser in existence as they all fire (laughs) towards static yeah but um static shows us here that basically fast eight 
um, might have a legal issue because as he's being forced by Omnara to steal all this tech, he easily escapes everything, betraying the confidence or semi-confidence that Esmond Alpha has had in him after the events of No Man's Island. So he is able to successfully steal Project Omni, which we now learn from a dual scene between Edwin Alpha and Static Talk with Omnara is a program that um, that Karen had put to, Dr. Roberts had put together to basically tap in fully to the World Wide Web to the point where she can control all data coming in, going out. Basically, her thoughts, she can, she can transform that into reality. And the more I hear about this, I'm just like, yo, this is basically what Brainiac was trying to do. <laughs> yeah, this is this is straight up a Justice League threat. Like, <laughs> I like this is an Avengers level threat right here. Because um, <laughs> she she could put a computer virus in every computer. It's insane. Mm-hmm. But she does realize that there is one piece she's missing, the neural interface helmet. And because building stuff takes too long, she says, yo, Virgil, go steal it f- that for me, too. And while he's attempting to steal it from a truck, Gear arrives and they are, you know, Virgil can't blow his cover because she's in his ear. Mm-hmm. So they're forced to fight. And I love that this fight starts with a shocking scene of destruction. as Static <laughs> destroys a piece of a building for no reason. <laughs> There's no holding back. And it got so intense, like the music that they were playing to. It was just like, it was the official Dragon Ball Z standoff of the series. This is Goku versus Vegeta, probably like, I don't know, a, a Dragon Ball Super status. <laughs> because as Static is just telling Gear that he needs to back off and that he's going to steal this tech no matter what, um, we do see them basically almost holds back enough because they don't want to hurt each other but at the same time it's just like static was really going all out as was gear and unfortunately as gear tries to dodge an attack this gives static an opportunity to shock his jet boots which causes him to fall to the ground and as gear is trying to recollect himself static flies over and grabs him by the back of the head and says the words you little worm you will always be a worm. If you, why don't you just run a diagnostic to figure out how much of a worm you truly are because you're never going to be anything else. So now Static flies off with the last piece of Project Omni. And this is honestly the definition of laying it on thick. <laughs> yeah, I do love this because after dropping off the helmet and Omnera, Karen, <laughs> Karen Poth, Karen gains access to every manager in the world all at once (laughs) becomes the ultra manager ultra instinct manager (laughs) (laughs) just too powerful she can call everybody Uh, Richie arrives and says and Static's like oh my god you got the code he's like of course you laid it on so thick um, and he created a counter virus that is on a single CD. <laughs> yeah. When like most like 
games took like two CDs at least. He he created a virus, a world-spanning virus, antivirus. It's crazy. And while Ultra Instinct Karen is distracted, they go in to save Robert. And I love that as Static is pulling Robert through uh, opening in the lasers, Robert sucks in his gut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just to be safe, we would all do the same thing. Yes. <laughs> um, so they get him out, and now they have to deal with Alter Instinct Karen, who now that she has control of every electronic device, nuclear clothes, right? You know, I thought the same thing. Like that would have been the first thing to go to. But she's just like, I'm gonna release the ground to air missiles to attack all of Alva Industries. You're more powerful than Alva at this point. <laughs> yeah, what's the point, you know? This is an Avengers level threat of <laughs> Why are call in the reserves too? Oh, but I do love that because of this missile sequence, um we get Alva when he realizes the missiles are heading his way, he's like, "Oh, well, call the pilot." Very casually. He's he's not even bothered. He's just like, let's get out of here. And as they come to the surface, Gear tries to hide his identity from Robert. And I love his adult voice here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Robert easily puts two and two together and figures out it's Richie instantly right before they go into the final battle. So now they're out on the streets Amnara is calling out Static and she shows that she really was able to turn her thoughts into reality thanks to the technology she has access to. So this is when Static turns to Robert and earlier in the episode when his father does reveal that he knows this Virgil, he pleads with him. He's just like, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. You know, this is all my fault. I promise you that once this is all done, I will hang up the cape for good. And in this moment, he says the same speech, but he's twisted a little bit by saying, I know I said I was going to hang up the cape, but there still is one more job. And his dad looks at him and says that he understands, but more importantly, he's glad that his son is a superhero. And Static flies off alongside with gear. They're destroying all the missiles. Unfortunately, it's too much for them as they get sent back down to the ground in a crazy chaotic scene. Now, Amnara, Karen, she shows that she has access to all of the the managers, I guess, connected to Ford and Toyota. Mm -hmm. And she starts sending off electrical cars their way. And in a really cool scene, even though get gear gets once again get taken out by a trash truck or a trash can, um, as Static is about to get run over, Robert jumps in and he shows right now that like what the rocket had called him back in the linked episode is real because the tackle that he gave, the speed he executed, yo, this is a family of superheroes for real. Yeah, are we sure he isn't the streak? Yeah. <laughs> Two two things I uh, I had questions about in this scene. One, Richie is seen destroying missiles several mm-hmm. times. What what is he packing? What kind of weapons <laughs> does he have in that grenade pack? Because 
Uh, dude, you're destroying missiles mm-hmm. real casually. And yeah, he still couldn't put in any scissors. Like, I don't understand. No, no scissors. No scissors. Uh, again. <laughs> and secondly, you know, she's controlling all the computer chips in the cars, she says, um, and harnessing those. So um, Fast 8, you need mm-hmm. to talk to your lawyers because, again, that's mm-hmm. another plot point you stole. Charlize Theron did the same thing, so... I'm going to need y'all to answer some questions <laughs> for me. <laughs> um, but with in all this chaos, finally, the CD spins just one extra good time. And they remember to clean it off with some rubbing alcohol. And <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, somebody made sure to wipe it off. <laughs> yeah, when it was kids, you know, when it was scratched, your CDs, you had to rub them with alcohol and pray for the best. I don't know if it did anything. <laughs> but that's what you had to do back in the day and it did something this day because ultra instinct karen finally depowers the base form yep gear once again saves the day by downloading limewire and now uh she's being carried away on the stretcher very reminiscent of what happened to madeline spaulding both in the attack of the brain puppets episode and when and in the shabak episode so as she's like babbling on about how she can't interface with the thing, Static is glad because this means for him that his identity is once again safe. But now that he realizes that more than one person knows compared to last time, and that person now is his father. So he goes over to talk about it one more time with his dad. Robert is upset at this point because he's realizing the amount of times they broke curfew, the amount of times that they came, they didn't take out the trash because they were out there fighting Carmen Dillo. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're basically facing danger every day. And he even admits that he wants them to stop because they're like, I don't know, like 16 or 17 still. And every day, all their lives, they've been having to fight for the last four years. So this is when Static and Gear kind of look at each other and they're like, we don't know what to do at this point because it might mean that based off of Robert's wishes, they may have to truly hang up the cape, which they don't want to do. Yeah, and um, in the in the one last surprise, the one last surprise of the episode, we have Robert say he's going to get used to it. You know, he's going to let them make the choice of what they were given these powers for a reason. He's going to let them choose what to do with them. And, you know, father of the year, once again, Word. Word. <laughs> um, solidifying that he's there to support because he knows what all the good they've done by themselves. So imagine, you know, with extra support, what they could do. And he does ask for one request is that they tell Sharon. And it, it's another such realistic black families. Um <laughs> When they go home, Sharon is only concerned about the car. She is devastated about the car. She's mad at Static about the car. Because apparently Dakota does not have insurance for bang baby incidents. Or it's been four years. I, I couldn't believe that. They're the real supervillains. Forget Alba. <laughs> Forget Karen. The real supervillains are the insurance companies. Because these claims need to be filed. What? <laughs> All right, static through my car and missed. I need that covered. 
So Sharon kind of continues off. She's basically saying that she doesn't want to hear anything else about Bane Babies ever again. She was, she's tired of it. And because of that, this prompts Robert to, to think to himself, you know what? Maybe today is not a good day. So this is another opportunity for Virgil and Richie to uh, avoid having to share this secret now as our episode closes out here for the series finale of Static Shock. Yeah, here we are. And it is for power outage. Mm-hmm. We start with, you know, arguably the biggest crisis yet. Virgil, he didn't take out the garbage. Word. How could you? How Word. could you betray your house like that? They cooked fish last night. <laughs> and you didn't eat up the bones are still in there. Come on, man. But yes, uh, Sharon is mad at Virgil for the garbage. And I like how there were flies around there. Like, this was just last night? Yeah, what were y'all doing in there? Um, and Virgil's defending himself. Obviously, he was probably busy doing some superhero stuff. And Robert says, oh, yeah, come on over here, boy. Ha- fix my razor real quick <laughs> with your electric powers. Um. So Robert' demeanor towards Virgil is completely different. He's beaming right now, and I like how they still have have him in the the glow of discovering his son as a superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, things are looking pretty up for Virgil until he gets to school, and they finally take that history test that's been delayed. <laughs> oh shit! It was seven that one. <laughs> <laughs> and because it got delayed so many times, Richie got a B minus. Mm-hmm. And there's also one big other thing going on. I do want to go back real quick because uh, the razor that Robert brings over, I'm like pretty sure that's the same razor from the episode one where he, uh, where Virgil first discovered his powers. So I'm kind of glad that that came back because along with the history exam, that might be some two great callbacks in the first like three minutes of the episode. <laughs> They dig, they dug deep for this. They one. did. <laughs> but as Richie is just looking over the fact that, you know, he he has a B minus and Virgil doesn't comp- mention anything about the fact that he couldn't shave today. Um, Richie also shares that he's been having some memory lapses, which he's experiencing more and more. Like he mentions that he's even shocked that he can remember his own name. But before they can dive deeper into that, they are quickly interrupted once again by Daisy and Frida, who are upset about the fact that they abandoned them during the recycling program work that the school had. And honestly, yo, Dakota has way too many after-school programs. Like, I never thought I'd say this, but damn, do they just run 24-7? I think so. I think uh, to offset all the insurance losses from the denied bang baby claims. They need more volunteer work. (laughs) And uh, just as the two of them resolve to do better and be more present, uh, there's another supervillain incident going on. So they leave immediately and the girls see them fly away and they go, you know, Richie and Virgil are never in the same place from gear and static. Do you think, nah, and I get the joke mm-hmm. because, you know, Robert just figured it out, but Daisy should a hundred percent know by this point yes. that Virgil is static. 
Yes, she has been involved in too many scenarios to and been saved by static so many times to not realize that like it's gotta be somebody close to her. Like I get if it's like Lois Lane. No, this is Daisy. She came from one of the smartest schools. She could put it together. But we uh we won't have to worry about if Daisy is still trying to, you know, put set, create a um like a board to try to figure out Static's identity because we cut to a scene. I'm, I want to say this was at Bodega where Bigfoot and Ferret, um, Ferret, we haven't seen in like since like that Joker episode back in like season two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, the two of them are robbing, robbing the store and Static and Gear fly in. Static takes on Bigfoot and Ferret understandably tries to run from Gear. But we don't really see what's happening on their side because the main fight is with Bigfoot as he kicks Static hard enough to make him fly off his disc. And just when he's about to step on him with his like size 120 wide kicks, his body starts to glow. And we see that his feet start to shrink as he starts passing out and falls down to the ground. Much, And we just watch as Static just looks on in horror. Yeah, you know, I was I was glad because I couldn't think of any better pair of villains to bring to the finale. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot and Ferret. And I'm glad they made that happen for me. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is an alarming sight. So alarming, Virgil's like, yo, Richie, cut what you're doing. You need to see that this guy's got, he's going to have to start buying regular Jordans like everybody else. Um, <laughs> and those are not cheap. <laughs> nope. <laughs> You know, the bigger you go, the the least expensive it gets. You know, right. it could have been like fifteen dollars for him for all we know. <laughs> it's only for him. <laughs> so, what they learn quickly is in a a really, really shocking. Um, oh, well, before they learn what's really going on, the Metabreed move meets again, a ferret and in is in tow. And he loses his abilities right in front of his their eyes. Mm-hmm. And now all of them acknowledge, you know, Francis, Bootleg Hot Girl, Yvonne, all acknowledge they've been feeling weaker than, and Shiv too, have all been feeling weaker than normal. So now the mystery is, what who's behind this? What villain could be doing this? And it's a kind of surprising answer. Yeah, so... Back in our Wet and Wild episode, we were introduced to Dr. Donald Todd, who was showing that he was using mitochondrial um, something, something, science terms thrown in here, um, to help cure the bang baby. So as Gear and Static take now, who I'm guessing got to call regular foot, um, (laughs) I have no idea what to call him. (laughs) No, that's fair. <laughs> they take him to the doctor to get checked out. This is when Dr. Donald Todd jumps in and he reveals that all the bang babies are now returning to the state that they were in prior to the big bang because he and his team have found a way to create a cure that is being sprayed out into the streets of Dakota, much like during the summertime in New York when the mosquitoes are running high and there's just like a truck that swings by to take them out. And it leaves Gear and Static in shock because he also reveals that 
as all the bang babies are returning to their normal state, this soon will happen to Static and Gear, which means the end of the heroics that they've been doing for the last four years, the end of the their career as superheroes, the you know, does this change anything for their future? Because they've ex- been expecting to be these heroes for all this time. And we see it making its way home at the Hawkins home where Virgil and Robert are watching an interview that Dr. Todd is having, where he's revealing everything about this plan and this cure being administered. Yeah, in a very, in a very deep um, conversation to have on a kid's show, you know, one of the people presenters brings up like shouldn't they have a choice Mm -hmm. Uh, shouldn't the bang babies choose if they want to get rid of their powers and Todd is just like yeah Todd just says no (laughs) basically (laughs) like they've caused so much trouble it would be for everyone's benefit if this just was over and it kind of speaks to once again these young kids don't have a choice over or agency what happens to their bodies Mm -hmm. and Static is calm and relatively calm about this news. You know, he sucks, but it sucks for it. But he he's taking it really well. And Richie is scared of losing his intelligence, his access. Not to break the entire logic of the episode, however, because it, it'll come back later. I have to knock the episode a little, but it, they make up for it later. They do remember that in the future they went to that they both had their powers, right? Like <laughs> that's that's the main question I had because I was like, is this like a like what is the linear timeline of static? Like, is it was the those moments like not their particular future? Was it a multiverse? Because then that that puts in a lot of questions about how time travel works in the DC universe in the world of Dakota. Because it's not even just once, it's twice that Static meets or at least interacts with his future self. So it's weird that we have this moment where Static is like just accepting of the fact that he's going to lose his powers and Richie is just like worried, basically like screaming to the, to the clouds that he's like he does, he's going to lose his ability to be the smartest man and all that. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like there is that weird loophole that does bring up a lot of questions at this point. Um, But we don't spend that much time with it because I think they just really wanted to focus in on kind of like the dialogue about the autonomy of people, what the autonomy of the agency that people have, as well as the, um, the little moment that Robert gets to have with Virgil now knowing that he is static. Um, I think they just like wanted to lean in more into that for this particular scene. But long explanation to just say that um, time travel is weird, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they should they shouldn't be worried, but they are right. Um, and but even more worried is the meta breed who break into Doctor Todd's lab. And I love how Hot Street, sorry Francis, tries to. <laughs> introduce some members and they're like yo skip the intros bro we don't got time for that (laughs) and shiv basically lightning blade mcgee if you guys don't recognize him um threatens to slice this dude up with a buzzsaw um and while 
there's a power struggle between Francis and Ebon, who should do what. Talon just goes and gets the bang baby gas they need. And even though Static and Gear are weakened, they are there to take them on. And since they have less powers, it's less about powers in this fight and more about throwing hands. Mm-hmm. And we get to see that um, nobody's hands are rated E for everyone. <laughs> uh, this is legit just a feat of strength. There's everybody interlocks fingers to push them back and forth to see who can get pushed down to the ground faster. I will say, though, that this was a... There was one scene in here that was like my second favorite animated scene in these two episodes. Um, it is as Static and Francis collide with one another in their very small amounts of power, their collision creates a blast as the two interlock. And it's just kind of showing once again that everlasting battle that the two of them have had since the very first episode. We don't get to spend a lot of time in this fight because it's just basically everybody's just like wrestling each other to the ground ebon tries to run on over to go help talon but at this point talon evil bootleg hawk girl she experiences her own loss of powers as she reverts back to her her original state prior to the big bang and as ebon reaches over to her to like help her up and as well as to grab the gas she pushes his hand away she says that she prefers to just be left alone she likes being normal and that ends the era of talon who is no longer a part of the, the meta breed as we see more and more that ebon is just really kind of losing control of his team of his life and everything yeah and i love this little beat where she has a name <laughs> like it's oh crazy. yeah <laughs> it's crazy she's her name is teresa and um she lets him know that Ebon doesn't just want to restore his powers. He wants to create a second Big Bang. Ironically, the same plan he had in a previous time travel episode. Um, and Think some other things, too. <laughs> right. So he, he wants to... They obviously have to stop this from happening because, you know, the first time two Batsman got hit with the gas, we know, like, he became the most fearsome supervillain in the world. Even Batman couldn't stop him. Mm. So imagine another dose of gas for two bats, man. Won't be good. He might get another bat. Exactly. Three bats? No, that's no. that's OP. Mm-hmm. That's too, word, no. word. Dark side would be like, nah, nah that's too much, bro. <laughs> but we do discover that on the way, again, they are losing more and more powers um, because gear, in a crazy fact, that we did not know was that his technology is telepathically linked to his thoughts. Mm-hmm. So he can't control it as well when he loses his intelligence. That is insane. <laughs> Lee <Yeah>. smart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that because it shows, it now makes sense why, his technology was so fast because he is doing this based off of intuitive thought, like his dodging, the fact that backpack is just able to manipulate itself. And it's just all makes sense. Why he, he rose to be the kind of superhero that he is that was able to go toe to toe with static in our previous episode, to be honest. 
now we cut to a scene at the docks because gear is able to figure out one piece of information that states that there is a gathering of people at the docks and then static realizes it has to be the same docks where the first big bang happened so we are now at the docks where ebon is walking out and he is he has basically almost lost all of his power he's reverted back to looking like his normal self as we look on to see lightning blade mcgee aka shiv we see boom from the uh brother sister act the guy that had the boom box in his chest he um apparently he went to best buy and they were able to take it out for him we also see slipstream he is back also making a very small tornado or custom wind and finally we see that tamara lawrence's monster is still there but i do have a question though because like if the big bang turned her into the monster why does she still look like the monster (laughs) that is yeah, that's a good question. Uh, it seems like it's selectively. Yeah, all these like body changes, I guess that's why they had ferret change earlier to imply like physical changes go away too. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's weird. And Ivan has also kidnapped Teresa and mm-hmm. says, you know, nobody quits my crew. So you're n- you're going to get dosed again. And she's like, yo, you were nothing before and you're nothing now. And I was like, oh, and it's nice, too, because nobody recognized Ebon when he walked in. Yeah. So it's kind of like no one cared who he was before he put on them shadows. So I like that little that little dig. But luckily, Static and Gear get there right in time to help. And as they're fighting, I have to note that Static and Gear are fighting these guys, but they're not complete bang babies at the moment. So like, I was like, are you killing these people? (laughs) (laughs) Word, because as Static and Gear trying to run away, uh, Gear drops one of the zap caps, which I'm pretty sure was fully charged. Uh, And he shocks Shiv and Tamara Lawrence's monster. And they basically just pass out i i hope they just passed out but, yeah passed out mm-hmm. but um as they continue to run away with the canister the gas uh this is where unfortunately they do get cornered and get locked into a dead end because there is no way for them to go as they get stopped on one side by one group of the gang and then the rest of the gang comes up to meet up with them ebon and the rest of the crew grab the canister from static and they he tells them that like you know what we're gonna go we're gonna open up the can we're gonna gain back all of our powers and then we're gonna come back and put like basically unalive y'all everyone's so savage in this episode Mm -hmm. but fortunately static notices that Francis has run away with the canister already. So Ebon goes to chase Francis, and in their struggle, they accidentally unleash the gas and get their powers back, but a little something extra. And because Teresa is the MVP in this episode, graduated from bootleg hot girl, she <laughs> she frees Virgil and Richie just in time for them to also get another helping of the big bang gas. And Immediately, they notice that um, 
things are about to go south because of what they've been hearing from Teresa. And indeed, Hot Streak and Ebon have fused to become a double-headed fire shadow monster, real Kingdom Hearts final boss vibes, <laughs> and they are ready to tear Static and Gear to pieces. Yeah, this is a scary scene. I remember this was the this is the scene that was like engraved in my memory ever since I saw it for the first time. Because as they are becoming one, you see that their bodies are expanding and contorting and becoming these monstrous individuals to become this joint being, which I'm surprised you never gave it a name before. But um, I've, I've been going through a couple. Uh, let me know what you mm-hmm. think. I've got uh, Ghostfire. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Little Danny Phantom vibes. I like. Right. It. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I got some alternatives. Uh, we got Shadow Flame. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds like it's taken. Hmm. Well, in that case, I guess I couldn't go with Black Fire because that was also taken. Yep. Yep. Right. Um. Now hitting the bottom of the barrel, Dark Burn. Dark Burn. <laughs> <laughs> Does he deserve that name? Well, half of him is Francis, so I think he kind of deserves Dark Burn. <laughs> and my last two were Inferno or simply just Dante. We've no, those are too cool. Those are it's too, too cool. cool it's too cool. Okay. <laughs> he gets Dark Burn. <laughs> he gets Dark Burn. <laughs> so Static and Gear are basically throwing everything now at the Fuse villains, who we are now calling Dark Burn. <laughs> As Dark Burn is able to show that they can shoot flames from their hands and their mouths and they're destroying everything on the ship around them so now it just really seems like the shit's about to hit the fan with everything that's happening what is nice about this sequence too is that static is shooting kamehameha's right through their stomachs and stuff (laughs) gear notices that static is more powerful so i do think this is canonically we remember in the future shock episode Mm -hmm. you his future self was more powerful canonically i guess this is how that happened mm-hmm. by getting hit with the advanced bang baby gas again he was able to upgrade his abilities to the level where people are shook just thinking of static um oh that that's a good point yeah dang all it took was he these are the things that you gotta tell your past selves man like yeah <laughs> make sure you're at the docks right <laughs> But in the wild battle with the enhanced skills, Static and Gear are able to send a big gasoline tank into the middle of Black, Dark... Wait, sorry. I already forgot his name. <laughs> dark Burn. Burn. Dark Burn. In, in the middle of Dark Burn. <laughs> it gives him some heartburn and explodes. And I guess... You know, I guess they were prepared to kill mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Burn Because they're like, you think he's fine? Mm, maybe <laughs> gear help gear helpfully says for the kids and the parents that they're probably okay yeah but i don't know about that it looked like they died <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i will say there was a one little small scene in which um after the ship explodes that there's a little dark whirlpool kind of like what um ebon used to create and there's a little flame that comes out of it um but also it does disappear so I'm pretty sure he 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 dead dead. <laughs> but as Gear is just talking things through, he's just like, you know, maybe he'll come back. 
Static also comments that like, you know, we also don't know if there's any other bang babies that might have been affected by this. And they quickly realized that, oh, well, Dr. Todd is spraying some more stuff around. But what Gear is going to do is head on back to his, um, his lab and create a cure for the cure as Static smiles, stating that, like, you know, they really ain't going to get rid of us that easily. And we conclude our episode here with the classic Gear and Static fist bump as they fly off to the distance for more journeys. And I do love this one little scene that they did um, drop at the very end of it too. Yeah, I, I, I like that, you know, you can't get rid of us that easy, that spirit, that, you know, that rebellion is still with us. And I think that's the perfect note to end, you know, such a, the entire series on. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that hope that you will see them again and, you know, maybe you'll see them in Young Justice for two minutes. Um, or maybe maybe you'll see them in a movie, but you will see them again. Yeah. Also, there was one final scene, too. I almost forgot um, that the moon, as they fly off, transforms into the gold static emblem. Uh, so yeah. that's a little, uh, you know, even though they're saying that, like, they there is a possibility like we grow watching this you would think that like oh yeah it's gonna be another episode next week or next season but now this kind of watching this it was like this was a definitive end so we made it that was it four seasons 52 episodes of the most electrifying black hero of all time yeah and uh i guess one last time we before we get into the whole series of these two episodes, what is the stronger what was the stronger note to end on um, for you? What's the stronger story between these two? I mean, I gotta give it a power outage. It's to me the story made sense for something that was just, to be honest, was kind of a plot point that was kind of dropped in just the episode before. Like I didn't think that the conclusion was going to come that fast with the idea of the cure. It does make me question, though, kind of like, um, I do wish that we kind of had some more scenes of other bang babies being cured. Like, we had some that really experienced some trauma because of what they were dealing with, like Mirage from the Brother and Sister Act. Dwayne, I think his name was from Child's Play, the little brother that can create anything. Also, like, Destruct from season one and uh, the whole Nightbreed. Like, I, mm-hmm. I wish we got a chance to see if they got to experience a little bit of joy recognizing that their their powers were disappearing. But I think story-wise, it is much better here in Power Outage than it was in Kidnap, which, again, I love Kidnap because of the whole scene with between the conversation between um, Virgil and Robert after finding out that Static is his secret identity. But uh, Karen just did not give me a good enough argument it just did not work out for me what about you i know you didn't do that on purpose but karen not giving a good enough argument uh, (laughs) (laughs) honestly i am i i I gotta play i gotta take evil karen's side on this one (laughs) i i think was slightly stronger and it's because of the reasons you mentioned that Mm. it don't get me wrong power outage is a great finale however 
when you what you mentioned, yeah, I would have liked to see what happened to the Nightbreed and all these other characters that had populated through the series. And they did a great job of cramming in as many characters as they could. Yeah. But no shade to Bigafoot. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm kind of wondering what happened to, you know, the the icy meta. Um mm. and Right. These other matters that had kind of were stuck in between the athlete that was stuck in between the state of like being a meta and not. So I feel like they brought up some good ideas and they did some amount of fan service, but I was kind of hungry for it to be a little bit longer just for the finale, just so we could get more of it. And I do think Virgil forgetting about the time travel and the future where he's perfectly fine does suck a little bit of tension out of the story because we do know he has to get his powers back it there's no real question about it so i think those are the two things that knock it down a little bit for me and kidnapped i think it is uh yes karen is shallow as a a pool but um (laughs) i think you know for overall i i can overlook her motivations at this point as the same way i'm overlooking ebon creating another big bang bro, why do you keep doing this? Because I do love that Robert finally gets to learn who Virgil is. I love the this the, the stakes and tension of losing Robert was very high. And I mean, I was legitimately shocked when Robert did the reveal. Mm. And that was like the strongest reaction I can remember a static episode giving me in a while. So that's why I had to lean. That's why I had to lean with Karen. I'm sorry. She, uh, She's not calling my manager, but I got to call hers because I appreciate the episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. No, yeah, I hear that, especially before the um, it is. It is true. I feel like these last couple episodes that we got with Static didn't really have. Didn't really give us as much as the reactions as we wanted as the um, previous seasons have done, which does now transition us to our next set of questions. Worst season of Static and best season of Static. Hmm, that is a that is a solid that is a solid um, question there because you know season one has the ninety nine percent of germs episode. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Season two also has Static Shack. Mm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. And but yeah, it is really it's it's difficult um and it's very close, but I do think despite having Romeo in the mix <laughs> <laughs> that um I think season three mm-hmm. is the best season. Uh, <laughs> flip that on you. Flip that on you. Uh, season three had a, a, a great number of team ups. Um, the animation was at its strongest. Every story for the large part felt very strong. And even the weakest episodes, which would be, you know, your like consequences, maybe. And Shebang are like maybe the weakest episodes of that season. Mm hmm. But overall, the season is very strong. It has all the static storytelling, beautifully rendered, opened up with a great Harley Quinn episode, introduced gear, 
Uh, I think season three all around did it for me. And then in terms of the weakest season, I think because I think it really was because of production issues. Season two feels Ooh. real uneven because <laughs> <laughs> it has Static Shack. Like the Sunspots episode where powers were just everywhere. Mm. Well, yeah, that's true. Forgot about that one. Attack of the Living Brain Puppets. Ugh, we don't want to talk um, about that one. <laughs> it, and it's sad because it has two strong, the very strong Jimmy episode about school violence. Mm-hmm. It has Frozen Out, which is, I'll say it now, my favorite episode of Static. Mm-hmm. But I think it was a very uneven season. Uh, how about you? I agree with you on season three being the best season. I'm not even going to play around with it. I, I agree with the the great team ups, the introduction of gear. You know, again, they were planning on getting rid of the Richie character because they just felt like his story just didn't match up with Virgil's anymore, given the growth of static over the last couple, the last two seasons. And we can kind of see why that happened, especially because in the comics, there is a really drastic division between static and gear so i can understand why they decided that it'd be easier to to fade them out fade them away but i'm really glad that they kept them in brought them in as gear and that one just had episodes like the flashback episode where we did have a lot of questions about time travel but it did give us a moment for us to meet with virgil's mom and i think we had like a lot of great cast members in that as well with more growth from uh, rubber band man we also had static in africa which i will also say right now is actually favorite episode and also soul power like you know there this was a season in which we got a chance to see static recognizing himself as someone who needs a mentor but at the same time someone who is learning from these big superheroes and big characters that he too is an icon Worst season, um, I am stuck, honestly, between seasons two and four. Mm-hmm. I think I do agree with season two not having a coherent storytelling. Um, but in terms of weakest episodes, season four had more of them, in my opinion. And it could be just because season four ran a little shorter, but I do feel that once we hit episode like five or six between then and our episodes now i don't really see either of them as memorable in season four but i will give worse season to season two just because of the fact that the storytelling like you said was a bit uneven season four just feels like they just knew that they had to wrap up something and just had to really just grab whatever ideas that they could think of yeah yeah and Static Shack. Oh, oh, yeah, and static. oh yeah, and Static Shack. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So we talked about best series episodes. Um, I think we're both in agreement because I also did really, really, really enjoy Frozen Out as well. That was a competitor for mine for the top spot. But because we talked about the best, we got to talk about the worst. Which ones were the 1% of the germs that didn't survive? Yeah, I mean, I... As much as I have just piled on Static Shack, the actually worst episode for me was (laughs) did involve 99% of germs because it was grounded. This episode (laughs) just didn't make any sense. It was just like, 
some concentrated bang baby gas creates giant cockroaches and giant amoebas and attacks the school. The series has had some up and downs, Mm -hmm. but if you put this episode near everything else, it feels like a completely different show. Mm -hmm. It's like, what is going on? Where is the clever writing? Where are the messages? Like, yeah, even Static Shack tried to go for a message, but (laughs) this grounded episode doesn't offer much unless you like Big Cockroaches and PRL. So (laughs) that's mine. What's yours? Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well for for not the same reasons uh but i will give it to this episode for just being and feeling completely unnecessary to the canon i gotta give it to duped mm. um i really wanted to give it to hoop squad you know i <laughs> hoop really squad, no <laughs> what about I... point man <laughs> He's the only reason why they say he was saved. They were saved, honestly. <laughs> but I gotta give it to Duped. It um, even though Hoop Squad again was an episode that did, didn't want to be made, Duped just felt like, given the fact that Rubber Band Man had several episodes through this series as an arc for his own character, it just felt like Duped was a bit unnecessary because of the fact that it dived in a lot into who he was but not in the way that we that I personally wanted to find out. I mean, yeah, we got AJ McLean and, and Coolio making some appearances, but at the same time, it was it just felt unnecessary. And there were a lot of confusing things. Like if Coolio can turn into a werewolf, does that mean that he actually eats people as well? You know, the fact that we had to ask that question, we never got an answer. This is the reason why I got the worst episode for me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would probably agree if I even remembered watching this episode. <laughs> I barely remember Duped at all. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to take your word for it. Uh, so because of the fact you brought a point, man, you know, there's a lot of heroes that were introduced to the Static Shock series. We had Gear, Soul Power, Anansi, Shebang, a couple of them, some more. Is there a character or a set of characters that you feel can earn a spinoff after their introduction? Oh, you already know my answer. It's the Nightbreed. Yeah, Nightwatch. The Night Nightbreed. <laughs> yeah, the Nightwatch. Whatever uh, the Night Stalkers. The <laughs> whatever their name is, I want more of these characters struggling, rejected by society, having to live with limited light. I think it's a great opportunity to do more of a like some darker if done right, you know, like Young Justice is doing a great job of Mm -hmm. highlighting really serious issues. Um, And I think with the Nightbreed, you could really get into things about homelessness and, you know, exploitation and all these very deep teenage topics. And like, what about someone who does want to break out from the Nightbreed and head into the light? What are they doing to try to cure themselves? Is there a divide going down? Is there a power struggle? Like there's so much, I feel so much rich material. And, you know, of course, love characters like Anansi. They are fantastic. And definitely, I hope they come back. But yeah, for me, I want to see more than I breed. I watch an entire Disney Plus series about it. (laughs) 
HBO Max. Sorry, HBO Max. Yeah, HBO. <laughs> no, I agree. I um, Nightbreed was definitely the ones that I was just like, I need to see more about them. Uh, I think they left off in such a great way with them deciding to really just take care of themselves to try to find the cure for themselves. And fortunately for us, the Nightbreed is a very similar comic book set of characters as we do have Blood Syndicate. Um, Fade is a member of the Blood Syndicate, as well as um, uh, Brickhouse is also a member of the Blood Syndicate. So we do get a chance to see some of these characters pop up in the comics. So, And I do know that they're bringing them back uh, in comic book form, dropping on May 10th, I believe, is when we get the new era of the Blood Syndicate. So I agree. I think the Nightbreed created a a world of their own in like the 20s odd minutes that they had to to do something. And even though we kind of did clown them over the fact that they were basically like X-Men Evolution, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that they created enough of a compelling story arc that I want to see more of that. Last question. Biggest takeaway lesson from the Static Shock series. Now, we both wa- grew up watching the show, watched it as it aired, recorded it on our VCRs. Um, we, did, for, we did not pirate it, though. Don't worry about that. No, no, with all, the, all the, legit. Yeah, all legit. And now we have jumped to about 20-odd years into the future, re-watching it again. What is something that you feel that you're going to take with you now as an adult after watching this series? There is a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of, and that speaks to how good, how how good of a quality the series is. But I think the overall theme of static that kept reoccurring, even in the lesser episodes like Hoop Squad, is that instead of waiting for someone to be the hero in your neighborhood, in your community, in your school you step up, you take ownership, you do what you can. Whether that is inviting an outcast to your house to see, to learn about what they're into and try to get to know them better. Um, Whether that is volunteering at a community center um, once a week to read comics, the new Flash (laughs) to an old man, or go out and doing super heroics. It doesn't matter if you see a problem and you are incensed enough to do something about it, you can and you should. That's Static's foundation. You know, he could have easily become a thief, um, use his powers to just steal from vending machines. He did (laughs) not have to step up, but he did. And all his characters, powered or not, continually step up, especially Richie before he had powers and was just throwing hands all the time. So I think that is the the biggest and most enduring message of static. If you have the ability to help in any way, to make a difference, to to shine a light, to do some good, just go out there and do it. See what happens. Maybe you might be surprised at how much of a difference you'll make to people watching and to yourself. Damn. Well said. 
well said. I don't even know how to follow up with that. <laughs> no, but honestly, it's the uh, same thing that I also got to say, like, like, are you just reading my notes? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, uh, I, I, I use the, the virus. No, the, uh, the, the project and I hacked into your webcam <laughs> earlier today. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I a hundred percent agree with this because, um, you know, it's true. Like it, it does show us that like, regardless of how old you are, if you feel like you can make a different step up and, it echoes out through not only from static, but just the people he interacts with, like just even Robert, um, he has shared with us so many words of wisdom from, from the smallest moments of how he interacts with his son, um, you know, just showing pure joy and love, not trying to push him to become a man and take on more responsibilities, like that kind of rah, rah kind of thing. It's more just like, I want you to, appreciate what you have now and then once he learned that his son was already just doing good without being pushed to do good about his superpowers he just said you know i understand that this conflicts with what i want for you but i also know that you were given these abilities for a reason and i am proud of the journey that you're already taking with it because i can't stop you from being a hero and saving lives like it's it's something that he has to commend his son for because the same way that he's stepping out there and being a social worker for all the people that were in Dakota it's echoes a lot to what we can do as you were mentioning what we, we can do as people to just help out a fellow person um you see somebody out there give a hand to something there's so many ways that in which you can help and I'm glad that's this Saturday morning cartoon that premiered back in the 2000s lasted for four seasons, 52 episodes, was able to convey those messages in a way that I feel truly revolutionized the thinking that a lot of kids had at that point and showing that, yeah, we know that you live in this kind of world in this society where things can go wrong. But at the end of the day, you have more power than you think to change the scenario, flip the script. And I'm really glad that we got a chance to go on this journey and experience this world and this universe that was created by Milestone. They rooted a world in reality and never lost sight of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even when you're battling 99% germs. <laughs> um, <laughs> or teaming up with point and point, man. <laughs> You know, what point, man, they never truly got too far away from what was real and what was meaningful to audiences, especially young black audiences. And that is something we'll always be appreciative of, because, again, you know, growing up, we didn't have a lot of these. Right. Um, <laughs> so to have a series step forward and be there, be the beacon before TV got more diverse and and more um, and told a wider range of stories. Uh, you know, we can never forget Static for that. And we'll always want more. <laughs> we mm. always want more Static. Uh, he's more than just a cameo in somebody else's intervention. Um, <laughs> Justice. Uh, he deserves some plot lines. And we hopefully will get more shine in the years to come. Mm -hmm. So with that, I'm just going to give the flowers to 
to those who have earned them. Just a thank you to the late, great Dwayne McDuffie, Derek T. Dingle, Dennis Cowan, and Michael Davis for putting together Milestone Media, for creating the Dakotaverse, as they as you call it, the, you know, the, the world of static, the universe of static, bringing forward these Black superheroes. And for DC Comics, for publishing these stories through the Milestone Media um, company. And again, for the thank you to the voice actors that brought this world to life. I'm talking about, you know, Matt Ballard, who voiced our boy Carmen Dillo. Yes. Uh, Cheek Venera, who voices Ferret. Danica McKellar, who voices Frida. Ryan Tochi, who voices Shiv. Tia Tejada, who voices Teresa, a.k.a. Talon. Uh, Danny Cooksey, who voices Francis, a.k.a. Hot Streak. Crystal Scales, who voices Daisy, Gary Sturgis, who voices Ebon, Michelle Morgan, who voiced Sharon Hawkins, Kevin Michael Richardson, who voiced so many characters, but more importantly, Robert Hawkins, Jason Marsden, who, was, who voiced Richie Foley, a.k.a. Gear, and finally, Phil Lamar. Thank you for voicing Virgil Hawkins, a.k.a. Static. That's the end of our episode. That is the end of the static season. Uh, thank you for joining us for this particular season. We have more episodes to come, so stay tuned. But until next time, take care of yourselves and remember that representation matters because static has done so much for us in our generation. And he truly is a hero that has earned his seat in the Pantheon. Yeah. And whether it is Jaden Smith or someone else, (laughs) uh, try to promote as much as you can, getting him out there in live action, finally getting our static movie. Lord knows we could all use one. Um, And, you know, stay safe out there. Avoid the 99% germs. (laughs) 